Oh my goodness, I told my wife, I don't know if it was last night, hon, or when it was, I said, it feels like God is stirring at EFCN, and uh, it's cool. And, and one of the places that he's stirring is at 11 o'clock. I mean, it's the second Sunday, and it looks pretty full out there. And uh, I sent out a plea for people to park at the parking lot. If you answered that plea, you're up at the remote lot this morning, would you just raise your hand? Would you give these folks a hand? Thank you. We ran out of room last weekend, and that just kills me because I don't want anybody to be turned away. So thank you for doing that. I went up there, and uh, it's just great. And keep doing it, will you please? And let's just, let's just see what God is going to do here at EFCN. We also have a Saturday night service, which is contemporary, and you're welcome to come there. And we just don't want anybody to ever be turned away. Amen? Amen. All right, so let's squeeze and make room and have fun together. Well, last weekend we started our series on overcoming fear. We called out our first fear giant. Do you remember what it was? Commitment. Well, I'm glad four of you did. Uh, we talked about how to overcome co- uh, the fear of commitment. This morning we're going to look at our second fear giant, and that is the fear of loneliness. Next weekend we're going to deal with the fear of failure. This weekend we're going to talk about loneliness. How many of you have ever felt lonely before? We all have at one time or another, haven't we? And uh, those are just difficult feelings to have, which when you think about it, doesn't make a lot of sense because there are over 6 billion people who live on the planet Earth. And you would think with that many people, there would be no loneliness. But the truth is that in some of our most crowded cities, you will find the most lonely people on Earth. In fact, I don't know if you've noticed it or not, but when you walk into a crowded restaurant or you walk into like a, a crowded uh, theater or even a crowded church and you're having lonely feelings, have you ever noticed that crowds tend to magnify them more in your life? You walk in and you see couples having fun or a family worshiping together or a group of friends sitting together eating popcorn, watching a movie, and all of a sudden your feelings of loneliness just get magnified woo, way out there. One of my favorite cartoons is a Charlie Brown cartoon, and Linus is in this library, and Linus is feeling very alone in a library, like you can sometimes. And uh, it, it shows Charlie Brown trying to encourage Linus, and Charlie Brown says to Linus, he says, you know, Linus, there are just some places that are lonely. And Linus looks at Charlie Brown, and he says, well, Charlie Brown, what's your lonely place? And Charlie Brown thinks for a while, and then he kind of sinks his shoulders like Charlie Brown does, and he says, my lonely place is earth. Sometimes it feels that way, doesn't it? You know, loneliness is no respecter of persons. You find lonely people at all ages and stages of life. I think of people who've been, you know, through divorce and how lonely that can be, or the children of divorce, how lonely they can be. Think of your first day in a brand new school and how lonely that can be. Think how lonely it is when you get transferred to a new city because of your job and you leave friends and family behind. You've got to start all over again. That can be lonely. Think of a widow or a widower who's lost their their loved one, their spouse, and how lonely that can be. Or a parent who loses their child, how lonely that can be. Or a single whose engagement is broken up, how lonely that can be. We all experience loneliness. The question is, how do you overcome the fear of loneliness? And I want to suggest to you there are three levels of loneliness we experience in our life. And I borrowed these three levels from Ed Young Jr. I can't say it better than he does. He says the first level of loneliness we all deal with is spiritual loneliness. In other words, that's level one. See, every one of us has been born into this world lonely. 
lonely because we're born with a sinful heart, alienated from God, separated from God, right at the moment of conception and right there at birth. There's like, as some writers have said, a God-shaped vacuum in all of us because of that, where only God can fit. And until God fits in that God-shaped vacuum, we will experience a kind of loneliness in our lives. Isaiah put it this way in Isaiah chapter 59, verse 2. Read it with me, please. But your iniquities have separated you from your God. Your sins have hidden his face from you so that he will not hear. And you, and you sense the loneliness in that verse, the loneliness that is ours until God fits in our life. The problem is we go through life trying to fill that God-shaped vacuum with all kinds of people and things that we think will satisfy. If I have this relationship, I'll finally not be lonely anymore. Or if I, you know, if, if I have this success, or if I have this money, or if I have this sex experience, or if I have this high, or whatever it is, and we just chase after that. I was reading an article the other day about Lindsay Lohan, and, and how she just says, I, I hate to be lonely. That's why she parties till 3 and 4 a.m., and why she says, I never want to sleep alone, because she struggles with loneliness. And Lindsay will never know, she'll never know true peace in her life till she fills that void with Jesus Christ. And maybe you're here this morning and you've never made that commitment. You've never asked Jesus to fill that void. You're going to be lonely until you do. And you're going to be chasing after so many other things to fill your life. But I want to talk about another kind of spiritual loneliness. And that's the person who at one point in their life did did receive Christ in their hearts. But they're a prodigal child. What I mean is somewhere along the way they took an exit ramp and they chased after sin. And they moved away from God. And you're at a place in your life right now where you know, you know you've moved away from God. And you, you feel that emptiness and you feel that strain. But there's this voice in your head telling you that, that God doesn't want you back. That you're, you've disobeyed too many times and, and you're too sinful and what you've done is so wrong and so bad. I want to tell you what, that voice is not coming from God. That voice is coming from, from the enemy. That voice is coming from your own mind, your own uh, strained mind and heart. The voice of God, as I understand the scriptures, is saying to you, come home. So I, Jesus told the story of the prodigal son. The father with his arms wide open as your father and my father in heaven who's saying, I want you to come home. I forgive you. I died for your love. Come back home to me. I want to wrap my arms around you. I love you. My question is, how long are you going to hang out there when God has his arms wide open and wants to bring you home? home to be with him in relationship you say well if i accept christ in my life does that mean i never experience loneliness again yes yes if you have truly accepted christ in your heart it means he's come to live within you and in that sense none of us who are followers of jesus should ever say that we are lonely in its truest sense but does that mean we don't experience feelings of loneliness No, we do. We do experience feelings of loneliness. I do, and I'm sure you do as well. But the question is, as a follower of Jesus, what am I going to do with those feelings? See, I can let them move me toward God, or I can let them move me away from God. I can let them cause me to move up in my level one relationship with him, or move me away from him. 
And sometimes when you experience crisis and difficulties in life, you suddenly become aware there's two roads I can take. The road of bitterness and anger and loneliness and depression. Or I can say, God, I don't understand this, but I have you. I think Paul faced that in his life. Paul was a man who dealt over and over again with loneliness. Now I want you to listen to his words in 2 Timothy as he's dealing with some real stress in his life. He's facing certain execution. He's in prison at Rome and he writes, At my first defense, no one came to my support. Do you hear and feel the loneliness there? But then listen to this. But everyone, and notice what Paul says, everyone, everyone deserted me. In other words, I was there and not only was I alone, but I was lonely. And there's the difference between being alone and lonely. Sometimes I like to be alone. How about you? Jesus spent time alone. That's healthy. But then there's, there's an aloneness that breeds loneliness that is unhealthy in our lives. And Paul says, I was all alone. Now watch. Here's where you see him moving forward toward God instead of away. May it not be held against him. But the Lord stood at my side and gave me strength. So that through me the message might be fully proclaimed and all the Gentiles might hear it. Now listen. And I was delivered, delivered from the lion's mouth. And I wondered to myself if the lion in Paul's life at that point wasn't loneliness. Sometimes when those feelings of loneliness come over us, we just have to look up and say, God, I know I, know I belong to you and you belong to me. But I'm feeling so lonely right now. God, I refuse to cave in these feelings. I'm taking my stand in my relationship with you. God, give me strength to overcome this. Walk me through this valley right now. God, be with me. God, be with me. And we have to put our faith that he's with us in that moment. How about you? Have you come home? Or are you still out there on your own? God says, come back to me. Let me heal the most basic, most urgent sense of loneliness in your life let me fill your life with my presence but there's a second kind of loneliness that we experience in our life it's what i'm going to call level two loneliness which is relational loneliness relational loneliness if you turn back in your bibles the book of genesis chapter one you'll find a phrase that's repeated over and over and over again in that passage of scripture And the phrase that you will find there is God creates something, he looks at it, and he says it is what? He says it is good. He doesn't say it is good just once, but over and over and over again, he keeps saying it is good, it is good, it is good, it is good. It's not until you show up to Genesis chapter 2 and verse 18 where he says something is not good. And here's what it says. The Lord God said it is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. And so God looks at Adam, and he's, he's got Adam in a level one relationship, right? There's friendship there. But God says, you know, Adam needs somebody he can relate to. Now, God knew this all along, but he was teaching something to Adam through this. So he causes sleep to come upon Adam. He takes the rib out of Adam, and he fashions this woman. And he brings the woman to Adam, and Adam goes, wow! That's in the Hebrew, all right? Whoa! Yes! God, you know what you're doing. And he was totally satisfied. You see, listen carefully. God made you and me not only to have a a vertical relationship with him, but also a horizontal relationship with others. He's put it in us to want to relate to others. Now, I'm not talking here just about marriage. I'm talking here about friendship, which is part of marriage, but friendship as well. God has put it in us 
to have this need to relate to others, to be in relationship to others. Jesus put it this way in Matthew chapter 22. Why don't you turn there for a minute in your Bibles because this is something you may want to meditate on a little bit later on. Matthew chapter 22, and I want us to look at uh, verse 37. You might want to underline this. It says here, Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. Now, that's a level one relationship. And I want you to notice two things about it. Number one, it's intentional. And number two, it's intense. God says, I want you to intentionally love me, and I want you to love me with everything you have. But now look what Jesus says. And the second is like it. Like what? Like the first one. He says, love your neighbor as yourself. Who's your neighbor? Everybody's our neighbor, right? Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and prophets hang on these two commandments. So I'm to be equally intentional and intense when I love other people. In other words, I'm to step out and choose to initiate relationships with others. But with that being said, it's probably one of the most difficult things that we do in our lives. We struggle with that, especially those of us who are men. I mean, a lot of us say we have friends, but the truth is our friendships are only about this deep. We never really get past the weather and sports, you know, and and things like that. Now, that's true for women as well, but especially for men. And what I'm telling you is God has called you and me to develop much deeper relationships than that. Especially those of us who are followers of Jesus Christ. God has called us to develop real relationships with him. To get to know him, to enjoy him, but then to also establish a real relationship with the people who are around me. And get to know them so that we can bear each other's burdens so we don't go through life lonely. But that's not how a lot of Christians behave. For instance, let's just think about going to church for a minute, all right? A lot of us, you know, when we, when we think about going to church, all right, we, we, uh, we show up and we go, well, oh, place is kind of crowded today. I wonder where I'll sit. Oh, I think I'll sit. Oh. Yeah, I think I'll sit over there. Excuse me. Fine. Thanks. What's your name? Bill. Uh, where's your name tag? Right <laughs> not, not a friendly church. I'd like to actually sit over there. You know, I don't know who built this church. They did a good job. Isn't it? I mean, these things could be part of the... You don't have a name tag either. Right, what's your name? Nice to meet you. What's your name? Oh, you have a name tag. That was so helpful for me. My name's, my name's Dale. Hi, Dale. Uh, how are you? Hi. What's your name? Tori. Oh, I didn't see it, Tori. All right, all right, cool. What's your name? Andrew. All right, nice to meet you. All right, all right let's sit here. Yeah, okay. I don't know why they have so many candles in this church. <laughs> Heating bill must be something going on. Yeah, the music's okay. I wish the pastor would grow some hair and get a toupee or something. (laughs) Crowded place, but it's kind of a lonely place. Nobody said hi to me when I walked in. Nobody even shook my hand. I've been here, it's my third Sunday. I don't have anybody say hi to me. You know what? I think it's a pretty unfriendly church. I'm going to try something else. Excuse me. Pardon me. I... Sorry, I stepped on you. <laughs> and then, and so we do our, our thing, right? We just kind of 
We kind of go our way. And we go from one church to another, doing the same thing over and over and over again. That's oh, unfriendly. Nobody likes me. Nobody says hi to me. Okay, what's the problem there? We're going and we're expecting everybody to pay attention to us. And we base friendliness on how people treat us, right? Now, I want to tell you something. As followers of Christ, it should be a little bit different. Now, let me show you what it should be like, all right? So I go to church and look around and go, ah, this place is crowded. That is so cool. I'm glad it's crowded. That means people like being here. It's awesome. Oh, thanks, but I like to sit in the middle, all right? But you know what? What's your name? Vicky. Vicky, thank you so much. Wow, that's awesome. Hi, how are you? Hey, how are you? Uh, it's good. Can I, do you mind if I going to squeeze in there? Because I want to save room on the, you know, on the outside for other people. So, no hey, thanks a lot. It is nice to meet you. Love that lay. Beautiful. Thanks. Hey, how are you? Orange lay. You know, I, is, something, is something going on at this church? Yeah. What's going on? <laughs> Do you attend here? This is first time. First time. Oh, it's my first time too. It's so good to have you. That is so cool. And, and Kathy, awesome. Nice to meet you. All right. You know, I volunteer in the nursery and they really need some help too. Do they really? That is so cool. Are you telling me to go there? Well, if you were interested, yeah. Oh, but I'm going to sit to the service first. Okay, yeah, but thanks a lot sure. for telling me about that need. And, and what's your name again? Tori. Tori's so cool. And what's your name? Andrew. Awesome, man. This is a very cool church. It's like my third time here. I love this place. You know what I mean? I love the pastor's haircut. It makes me feel at home. It's just so very cool. So what do you do? Like, I mean, do you work? you go to school? What do you do? I go to school. What, what, what school? Downers Grove South. Awesome. Downers Grove South. That's a great school. That's what I hear about that. Cool. What are you studying? General Ed, that's very good. How about you? What do you do? I go to school. Do you really? It's a very educated place. And, and like, like, what are you studying? What are you doing? Everything. You're studying everything. everything. You're brilliant. Oh, yeah. You're so cool. Well, that's great. What do you guys like to do for fun? Um, hang out with friends. Hang out with friends, yeah? yeah. Do you have some friends? Yeah. Do you guys know each other? Really? Hey, what's your name again? Tori. Tori? This is... Guys, shake hands. Isn't that cool? Hello. Awesome. You know, hey, I'm going to Starbucks with a couple of friends later on. Would you guys like to go? Oh, yeah. Yeah? Sure. You know what? I'll buy. It'll be a blast, right? We can just get together and have some fun. Okay. Okay, I've been looking for friends, and you two look like you'd be great friends. I'd love to hang out. I'll bring my buddies over, and we'll just, we'll just have a good time. Okay. You know, maybe we'll go sledding afterwards. you like to do that? Yeah. That'd be awesome. All right. Cool. All right. Great, 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 great. Thank you very much. All right. Now, uh... If I embarrassed you, I apologize, all right? And especially for the person who's here for the first time. Oh, my goodness. Please, come back. I'm sorry. Take the spotlight off her for crying out loud. All right. <clears throat> oh, okay. Now, maybe that was a little overdone, but do you, get, do you get the picture, right? There's a big difference between when I show up and want all the attention focused on me, right? And I show up and I go, you know what? I have to take, number one, I have to take a relationship risk. So if I'm going to have healthy level two relationships, I've got to take relational risks. I've got to be willing to kind of put myself out there. And you know what? If you reject me, those, those ladies are so nice. But if they had rejected me, am I going to walk out going, wow, what an unfriendly place? No, I go, look at all the other people I can go bug and get to know. I'm eventually going to find somebody, Right? Who's going to relate? Now, you don't want to be obnoxious about it, but here's the question you have to ask yourself if you want real friendship. You've got to ask yourself, what kind of friend would I like? 
And when you answer the kind of question, the kind of friend you would like, listen carefully, then, then you need to be that kind of friend to others. See, one of the reasons why some of us go through relationship after relationship after relationship, in and out, in and out, is because we are, we're like leeches. We suck the life out of people. Do you know people like that? I mean, they just take, take, take from us. They share their burdens. They share their problems. They share their issues. And I don't, there's no problem with sharing your concerns. But they never want to hear what your problems, your concerns are. They want all the attention to come this way. Listen, healthy relationships are give and a take. Right? I give and I bless you and I infuse life and encouragement into you. And then I take what you offer back to me. That's a healthy relationship. The next thing that makes healthy relationships is we've got to practice hospitality. Second Peter says you need to practice hospitality. In Second Peter chapter four or First Peter chapter four verse nine, it says, "Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling." I think that's a fascinating verse. Peter's running a bunch of Christians in Asia Minor. He's saying, "Look, you need to be hospitable to be to one another." Go out to Starbucks or go out to McDonald's or, or, you know, spend some time, hang out, be together, do life together, show hospitality to one another. What's interesting to me in that verse, though, he says, offer hospitality to one another, finish it, without grumbling. That's kind of weird. Have you ever had somebody offer you hospitality and grumble? What do you want? I've been to some restaurants like that. Are you ready to order? Right? Not very hospitable. So these must have been some grumpy people that Peter was talking to. He says, look, be hospitable and joy and show some joy as you do it. All right? I am still feeling so guilty for that person who is here for the first time that, you know what? If you'll come see me at Guest Center, I have a, I have a, a fun little gift for you, okay? Uh, I'm going to make it up, all right? But you've got to show hospitality. I'm going to show you some hospitality. You've got to show hospitality. You've got to show that kindness. All right, number three, last thing. Write this down. It's called level three uh, relationships and that's our relationships in heaven you say what does that mean you know the truth is some of us go through life and we've been hurt we've been abused as a child we've been left someone we loved has been taken from us and we love god and we know he loves us we have friends and we know those friends care about us but we carry a kind of ache in our heart i want you to know that someday that lonely ache in your heart is going to go away someday God is going to remove it when you stand in his presence and you are complete in him. That day is coming. That day is coming for you and me. When finally, there will be, be no more lonely feelings. They'll be all gone. I love the picture that, that John gives us in the book of Revelation, the last book in the Bible. Chapter 21, he's writing and he says, I saw a new heaven and a new earth for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. And there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, God's dwelling place is now among the people, and he will dwell with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain or for the old order of things have passed away, and my loneliness will be gone. And he says, the one who is seated on the throne says, I'm Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. It is done. 
Folks, I know our world is kind of gloomy right now. I know there's a lot of bad news in the news. But I'm telling you that for a follower of Jesus Christ, it is a happy ending. It is a happy ending. And I know, give God a hand, yeah. And I know right now that there are some of you who are in pain. I know there are some of you that are experiencing loneliness. But I want you to know you won't have to experience it for eternity. There's coming a day when you will be ultimately healed. But right now, right where you are, would you be willing to start taking a risk and creating friendships? See, I don't know how. I, I couldn't do what you did there in the Pewdale. I don't want you to do that, all right? Not quite that way anyway. But we provide a, a venue for you to do that. It's called small groups. And in our small groups, we try to keep it at a dozen or less people. It's a place for you to establish a relationship with others who are going to care for you, who are going to love you, and who you can love, and who you can care for. And straight out those doors, the service is over. There's a kiosk there. You can sign up for small groups. Do that. And you know what the beautiful thing about a large church is? Is if you go to one of those groups and you think they're, and they are unfriendly, go try another group. If they're unfriendly, go try another group. If they're unfriendly, go try another group. And if they're unfriendly, you need to come talk to me. Because I got a feeling you maybe have the problem, not them. But I tell you what, it's an intentional way for us to get you involved, to get you into a life relationship with others. You need it. Do it. Take the risk and do it. This morning, I'm really concerned about level one stuff. Because I know in a crowd this size, there's some of you who've walked away from God and you're out here and you're thinking God doesn't want you back. And I am telling you right now, I don't know what went wrong, but God's arms are open and he wants you back. And there's some of you who've been going through life lonely because you didn't know you could have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And I'm telling you right now, God is waiting to fill that hollow void in your life. Give up whatever you've been trying to fill your life with and come to him and let him fill your life in and completely begin to change you because he loves you. Father, this morning, I just pray, God, that your eyes would look through our hearts and our souls and the veneer that we put up. And God, if there's anybody here who's moved away from you, God, would you just wrap your arms around them and bring them back to you? And heal that loneliness that comes when there's a strain when we've moved away. And Lord, if there's anyone here this morning who doesn't know you, who's just never realized that there's a God-shaped vacuum in their heart, and now they know why there's that emptiness, oh God, I pray today that they would allow you to embrace them, that they would accept your forgiveness, that they would turn their hearts over to you, and that you'd fill them, Lord, with your presence. As we listen to my friend Andy sing this song, would you just think about your relationship to God? If you're far from God, would you come home?
inside of mine And you used to dream incredible dreams Things you would do and who you would be Oh, I could have filled the ocean with tears from your hopes to die Do you recall what went wrong? What could we have done? Years fly by, and you might think the time heals all wounds. But I still carry scars in my hands And still long to hold you And I hold on inside I believe true love never dies Though the mountains you climb Are built on the rocks of my prayers for you Do you recall What went wrong? What could we have done? So I wait and I pray for you that you'll make your return home to these open arms. I'm waiting for you Now in the quiet Do you find rest? Do you hold on To any hope left? Do you need help? Cause there is no shame in sending a word I've done my best, all I can do And I have to leave the rest up to you Will you remain so far away in this broken world? What went wrong? What could we have done? So I wait and I pray for you that you may.
had some fun learning this morning, but this is kind of a sacred moment. I'd just like you to bow your heads and close your eyes. If there's anybody here who's ready to come home, would you just stand where you are right now? That's so bold, I stand, yeah? Because you need to have that movement that says, I'm coming home. And you know what that means for you this morning. It may be for the very first time, it may be a renewal, it may be like, yeah, I've been away, I need to come home. Lord, you know why we're standing. And you love us this morning. And God, your arms are wide open, so I pray, take these who want to come home and want to rest in your arms. If there's sin involved, forgive. If there's just discouragement, heal. Restore and renew. If it's your first time coming to Christ, pray this prayer with me silently. Dear Lord Jesus Christ, I recognize I have a God-shaped vacuum today. I'm filling it with all the wrong stuff. I ask you to forgive me. I accept your son who died on the cross for my sins. Come fill my heart with your presence. I receive you. If you prayed that prayer, will you come to guest center a few minutes and tell me? Because I just want to pray over you. Let's all stand together this morning. If some of you would like additional prayer today for any kind of need, I'm going to ask my prayer partners to come to the front right now. You're going to find them lined up here at the front. If you just go to them, they've all been trained. They want to just pray with you and for you because we love and care for you. We don't want you to feel lonely as you leave this place today. May God help us. May God help us to truly be a friendly church. We truly love one another in the name of Christ. Amen. God loves you today. Would you turn and would you just greet someone and speak their name or ask for their name? God bless you.